We're glad you're here. Praise God. We serve a great God. We had a great week, as I said, of prayer and fasting we do every year. And uh, your notes are blank, and they're blank for a reason. This is going to be a different kind of a sermon and a talk than normal. I'm a a teaching-style pastor, and I know we want to learn something new from the Word of God. And you will. We always honor the Word here. We always honor the eternal, infallible Word of God. But I want to talk to you about where we are as a church and where we're going before we study the Word of God and before we get back into the presence of God. It's kind of like a, you know, they have a State of the Union address comes up every year, about this time of year usually. And I just want to give you guys kind of a State of the Church address, that we're a three-year-old church going on four in March, that we are, except for our original ARC loan, which is I, church, I planted with ARC, an organization, Association of Related Churches, and they gave me a one-time interest-free loan to launch the church. Besides that, which we pay down every month, we're a debt-free church. Come on, Jesus. We have never one time had to borrow money. In fact, not only have we not had to borrow, let me not get ahead of my notes out here, but we are a debt-free church that have added a new children's director this year, ministry leaders, new members in 2018. We've had water baptisms, baby dedications, rededications to Christ, and first-time salvations last year, 2018, in this house. Come on, we've got to praise God, and we've got to thank God for those things. I was thinking about, because the world talks about, you know, church isn't important or whatever. I was thinking about, okay, Lord, we come here for you. It's your house dedicated to you. It's for your glory. What have we done as a group last year? What did we do? You know, we're coming. I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to waste my time. What are we doing that's glorifying you, that's growing us closer to you, that's making us better husbands and wives and fathers, that's making us better leaders, that's, make, that's causing us to be a light into the darkness? So I started to think about this. I put some numbers together. I put the most conservative numbers possible, the most conservative, so when I speak it, it will be truth, all right? I don't want to exaggerate it. We have corporately worshiped no less than 29.6 hours in this church last year. More than 24 hours of worship to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords has happened last year. Can you imagine nonstop worship for 24 hours? We did it for 29.6. Come on. Praise God. We have learned, grow, and been matured by the Word of God no less than 56.3 hours between our main service and children's ministry. 56.3 hours in our small groups, excuse me, 56.3 hours in the word of God. Come on, praise God that that's 56.3 hours that does not return void. That is never time wasted. I have spent some hours just wasted, right? It's okay to have downtime and all that, but I'm just like, oh my goodness, did I really just waste that? Yeah, y'all been there? This is not wasted time. This is time in the eternal word of God that brings joy and life and fruit. Come on. This is the word become flesh. 56.3 hours. We have spent no less than 61 hours together in corporate prayer. And I'm not talking obviously only on Sunday. I'm talking about small groups and everything else that you do as a church body. 61 hours of corporate prayer. And just this last week, during our focus week of prayer and fasting, we had over six hours of group prayer, which included 54 man hours of straight prayer. For me to do it, I would have to pray continually for 54 hours 
to accomplish what group prayer did this week. Now, when some of you were here, did the Lord come and visit us? Amen. Yes, he did. That is good. That's just in here. What about all the international effects that we have? We support five missionaries on three continents, Central America and the Dominican Republic, and two global church planting organizations. One is the ARC Association of Related Churches, which plants churches in America and the world, and the other one is SURGE, the SURGE Project out of Bethany Ward Prayer Center with Larry Stockstill. Let me show you some quick pictures so you just know who these people are, and I love this in life. You know how you buy, a lot, you buy stuff and you buy stuff? Nothing wrong with it. You buy stuff and then you buy it again and you go to your house and you're like, oh, I have four of those. I didn't even realize I bought that. Yeah, yeah I've, done that. I've done that before. I want to be a giver so that I give and I give and I give. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot. I forgot this was going on. This is you. This is who you are. You're a giving church. There's a reason we're debt free. There's a reason we've never had to borrow a penny, and we're, health, we're healthy and going forward financially. These are our missionaries. We're a, a tithing church, which means 10% of everything that comes in at a minimum goes out. And I'm happy to say, as 2017, so we did in 2018, we gave more than 10% to missions, local and foreign. Come on. This is Paul Gonzalez. You'll never see him on TV, on TBN. This is a great man of God. He lives in a trash dump in Mexico. He's not a Mexican. He's a U.S. citizen. He was a manager at a Sears store. He was, his testimonies, he was driving by, and there was an old couple. I'll try to get through these stories without being emotional, but I did missions for years and years, and this is my heart and life, some of it. So he, um, he's in his 70s now. This is us in Vermilionville. He loves Cajun food. He came by driving. I said, oh, we're going we're gonna to go get some Cajun food. He loves it. He drove by, and there was a couple in their 80s under a tree and then having a place to live. He went and took everything out of the bank, and he built them a little house. Looks like a glorified shed. It's 10 by 12. This is the same place I met my wonderful wife on a mission field. We've built many homes with him. He feeds children every day. He's actually pastoring there too. I said, Paul, how do you like pastoring? He goes, oh, I don't like it. <laughs> he said, I just, I just want to feed widows and kids and orphans and tell them about Jesus. He said, I don't like this pastoring thing. I said, yeah, I understand that. <laughs> Paul Gonzalez, we support him every month. You support him every month. There's a closed-down trash dump on the border of Mexico in Matamoros that your money goes to that feeds kids, that builds homes for widows, and that preaches the gospel of Jesus almost every day. So you got to think about that. Now, you're doing it through him and through his little, it's kind of a ragtag organization. It's not anything like compassion. It's, it's the most beautiful ruins you've ever seen. Oh, it's wonderful. But that's Paul Gonzalez. One of our missionaries. Let's look at the next one. This is, the, some of you may know this person. This is Russell and Charlotte Ninsingham on the left and right. And one of their spiritual daughters in the middle. They have very many. So he's on the border of Mexico. They are way, 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 way south Mexico. Indigenous peoples of the Sotzil Indians and other places in the mountains. Wonderful, godly. They have, that couple may have more integrity and honesty than about any couple I've ever met. I love him. He's, he's kind of like a spiritual father. He, he's just the most loving person. Um, we support them way in the south. We built a church down there in the mountains a few years ago. This is Russell and Charlotte Linscombe. All right, let's see the next one here. This is Terry and Chad Nelson in the DR Dominican Republic. They run uh, 16 schools, about 5,000 children, and it's Christian schools, and there's an aftercare program. And so they 
have the school kids in Christian education. There's an after-school program, and all the this is what's a brilliant missions work. All the schools are connected to churches. So they have a local church, either sometimes right next to it. The schools and churches are connected, so they've got it going on, right? It's not this big disconnect. The pastor knows the teachers and this and that, and the family, so they just can, can take those if there's orphans or problems or issues, and they got that church there, come on, God's moving in Dominican Republic. Praise God. You support that. You support that. Here's our next one. This is our newest one. We just started supporting. This is Ryan and Christy Thomas, who are church planters like me. This is a close friend of mine. I worked with him at Victory in Colorado, the church. He is the most natural evangelist I personally know. They are launching, actually in a few weeks, they will be moving with their family. That's them, and we have started to support them. That money and that's there because I couldn't find a better picture, okay? That's why. But we're supporting a lot more than $50 a month, I'm going to tell you right now. Come on, Jesus. They're going to impact Spain. Spain is the mouth of the 1040 window, which is the area longitude latitude of the most unreached people groups. And they're going to reach them with supernatural power through Jesus Christ. And so we are supporting them. He has come and spoken here. He spoke, if you remember, see his face if you were here on that Sunday. So praise God. That's, and the last one here is Impact Africa. This is uh, Rich and Michelle uh, Franzen. Sorry, it's been a few years. Franzen, and that's their kids. They have been in South Africa for, uh, they're on their 14th year, I believe. I knew him from way back when I was a young man doing missions and stuff. What a man of God. They have a great work there. And I could show videos of all of them, but I'm going to show you a short video from just South Africa from theirs so you can see what you have been a part of. You didn't even know it, but the Bible says, oh, spread your bread, spread it out, your seed on many waters. So in 2018, we gave $21,135.95 to missions. $21,135.95 $21,135.95 to mission. Come on, Jesus. That's, come on, Jesus. That's what I'm talking about. Can you believe God has used it? We're just getting started. We're not even four years old yet. They don't give four-year-olds driver's license. We're moving already. Come on, Jesus. I don't know where that illustration came from, honestly. That was not the Lord. The toast I had this morning, I don't know. <laughs> Thank you so much for your giving. Healthy church. Giving statements are going to, go, going to go out at the end of this month. What a blessing and an honor it is to serve in such a giving church. And, and to say, like to, to Ryan and Christy from Spain, we're starting in January. You go. I'm not called to go, but I'm called to send. Amen? If you're called to go, go. If, if Africa, you look at it and just can't get out of your mind, impactafrica.org. They do internships and short-term trips and everything else. I spent two months there. It's a wonderful place. Impactafrica.org. Any other information you want to know, I am happy to give you. But if we're not called to go, and I want to go, it's in my heart. But the Lord said, this is what I want you to do. I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to help as many as I can. As many as I can. And that's what we're doing. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. All right, let's go to this next phase here. Let's put up this first scripture, Matthew 13, 52. So this is kind of what God has done. He's been so faithful. We have a healthy church, a healthy congregation. We're financially healthy. We're spiritually healthy. i tell you why we're spiritually healthy. Because every, people like he, each other here. They love each other. 
They hang out and talk. They come early and sit there and drink coffee for 30 minutes this morning. All these people are standing around. I said, am I off? What's wrong? It's 923. People are here already. Just hanging out, talking. That's good stuff. I tell you, I said, how I'll show you we're healthy. Raise your hand if you do something in this church. Obviously not uh, new people or first-time visitors. If you do something in this church besides just come on Sunday, raise your hand. See that? That's health. Come on, Jesus. That's health. And not to mention all the ones in children's ministry who are not even in here, right? Serving. Come on, bless them, Lord. Oh, Lord. Those are special people. And y'all, you often are on your rotation once a month. Okay, Matthew 13, 23. Let's look at this. As I said, this is a different style talk and summer. We're going to read some scriptures and talk about it. Let's, let's read it. Then he said to them, therefore... Every scribe or teacher or instructor or leader instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven. There were some good scribes, some bad. He's talking about a kingdom scribe, a godly scribe. Kingdom of heaven is like a householder or a house owner who brings out of his treasure things new and old. Things new and old. I was looking at the scripture and I heard an analogy and it clicked with me. I said, that's a healthy church. I said, that's what it is. Every church needs things new and old. A home needs things new and old. I'll tell you about a healthy home. You walk into one and you look at wedding pictures and like those people have been married 27, 8, 10, 30, 30 years, right? That's a healthy home, isn't it? Come on. That's old, but it's healthy. And you need new also. Treasure. So look, look what the Bible says. It things, there are things that are valuable, valuable treasure that are new and old. Don't think because it's old, it's not valuable. And don't think because it's brand new, it's, it's, it's the best thing since sliced bread, right? Let me tell you the best illustration for this. Every church needs roots and wings. Every church needs roots and wings. What are roots? Roots are integrity, morality, safety. When we drop, when I drop my kids off, I want them to feel safe. And I want to know this is a safe place. I got four of them. Amen? So we work hard at that. Consistency, stability, right doctrine, clear and honest leadership. This is who we are. This is who I am. This is our vision to build a biblical community one family at a time. How do we do that? It's right there on that wall. Oh, to know him, to grow in community and to go near and far. So we need clear and honest leadership. Those are all strong things. You cannot have wings without what? Roots. Roots first. You got to have roots. There are, there are root scriptures in the Bible. Let me read a couple of them to you. Proverbs 22, 28. Look at this. Do not move the ancient landmarks which your fathers have set up. The unmoving, unchanging principles, don't move them. Unmoving, unchanging principles, don't move them. We need root things in our life. Let me read you one more about how God is like this. Psalms 119. Let's look at this. Revive me according to your loving kindness so that I may keep the testimony of your mouth. Forever, how long? Forever, O oh Lord, your word is what? Settled. 
established, not moving. It's settled in heaven. Roots. Oh, I am so glad we serve a God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Right? Oh, oh I can wake up. And he's with me. I go to sleep and he's, he's the same, the loving, merciful, omnipotent creator. He doesn't change. If he changed, we would be done. We would be sunk. Oh, I'm so glad he's settled. He's got roots, eternal roots. Roots are so important and wings are important too. Oh, wings. You got to have both. Spiritual breakthrough, that's wings. Fresh new faith, renewed and greater vision. A new love for God. Maybe a song God grabbed you with a scripture. Things that God has done anew. Passion and new boldness to talk about Jesus. Creativity. Outreach. For, um, especially outreach with a heart toward God and a heart toward others. Wings. Some people love roots and that's kind of your natural. Some people love wings. You need both. Don't get upset if someone's more roots and you're more wings. And they don't necessarily fall along age lines. Think, oh, well, roots are older people, wings are younger. Can be, but not necessarily, not at all. It just depends. But we need roots and wings. Say roots and wings. All right. Let me show you a, a wing scripture here. Isaiah 54, 1 through 3. Sing, O barren, you who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud. You have not labored with child. You who have not labored with child. For more the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them, what? Stretch it out. Stretch those wings out. Stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Just stretch out that tent, for you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Oh, the broken, messed up, hurting, inhabited. The uninhabited, unclean, bad water places, good water places. Come on. I love that. Isaiah, that's an eternal prophecy moving through time as the kingdom of God advances. Well, that's kind of where we are and what we want to be in this life-giving church God has given us. I want you to hear a testimony. My love, can you hand me that right there? As I said, we had a, we had a great week of, uh, of prayer and fasting. And last week, last year, it was a little harder for me. It was just, it was. But this year, the Lord just graced us. His presence um, moved in our life. I'm provoking you to godly jealousy, I hope. You say, look... I'm going to be involved. I know you think, oh, prayer and fasting. I'm telling you. Raise your hand if you came to prayer and fasting. Raise your hand. How was it? Come on. The Lord moved. Let's hear a testimony about Brazette, can you come up? She's going to share. The Lord showed her something about this church, and it goes right along with roots and wings. And she read the scripture, and I was like, that's it. That's right. Praise God. Here you go, Brazette. Um, so Thursday night, we finally, Hudson and I finally made it to prayer, um, and Brother Larry spoke on humility, and, and we thought, how does humility connect with fasting and prayer? And so Brother Larry brought out the scripture, 1 Peter 5, and we went 5 through 10, and we, when we were reading um, verse 10, 
Um, let me get to the scripture here. If I can find it. There we go. Um, come on, guys. Just bear with me. There we go. So we got to verse 10. Um, I'll read the scripture in a minute. But, you know, Darren and I have been praying all week about our family. That's what everybody prays during. You know, you pray about your family going into the new year. What do you have in store for us, God? What do you need us to do? And we need miracles in our family. I, you know, I've got kids, and, and we struggle. Amen? When you have kids, you struggle. And there's times that it's really good, and there's times that you go, oh, Lord, <laughs> what did I do? But when um, we read the scripture, uh, verse 10, I'm going to read it to you, and I'm going to tell you what stood out to me. So the scripture says, But the Lord God of all grace, who has called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while. Have you suffered a while? Maybe this past year. Makes you perfect, establish, strengthens, settles you. And I thought, oh, God, I need to be settled. It's been a rough year. I mean, new jobs, two new jobs last year. Um, just a lot of different things going on. You know, it's been crazy. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and it was almost like a vision, y'all. And that word settled, and you said it a while ago, and I thought, wow. So this is what I saw. You know, if you've ever built a house or built a, you know, I'm in the hotel industry, you build a hotel, you, um, you have to pour a foundation, okay? So the scripture says you is, that God's going to establish us. And, and I had to look at the years this weekend. I was like, how long have we been here? Because it just feels like home, you know? So almost four years. And so our church is established. And then it says strengthen. And we have been strengthened. We have a pastor that preaches the word with such a passion. And they live it out. He and, and, and Megan just live it out every day for us. And I've been strengthened by each and every one of you. We have done that. But it settled. That word settle came in. So we pour a foundation. The longer you let a foundation sit and cure, the stronger your building is, the stronger your house is. And I had fun with this this weekend. I mean, I probably could finish your sermon. So <laughs> I really studied this because it was really, really good, y'all. So it talked about, you know, being settled. And when you're settling, it's not that you settle and you walk away. No, you build on it. And the stronger your foundation is, the bigger it can be built, right? So when you're building a multi-story building, you've got to build a bigger foundation, and it has to settle longer. And so I was so excited because settled, that's my word for this year. You know, everybody talks about, what's your word for the year? My spirit being settled, settled. But it's not settling for just whatever comes along. It's being settled. It's being firm. It's being, it's settled and it's done. So it's time to grow. And so I just thought those words are really encouraging. And can I read one more thing? Okay. <laughs> I know I'm bad, huh? He's so nice and good at it. I mean, uh, ask my employees <laughs> what they say about that. One of them's here. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not. in on that. <laughs> prayer and counseling Tuesdays and Thursdays. <laughs> so um, I was studying about that this weekend and I came across um, just a study, and it says that um, that we're rooted and grounded in love, and God is our foundation, you know, all this good stuff, but it says this is what um, Christ would have for us, that we would be built up, that we would settle our faith on a foundation, 
that we be rooted and grounded in the love of God and have a lively sense and firm persuasion of the interest in it and be grounded and settled in the faith of the gospel. Be settled, I love this, under a gospel ministry. And I just feel like that's what we are called to do. We're here. God brought you here. So get settled in, oh, Lord. <laughs> Come get on. settled in the ministry. <laughs> have a fixed abode in the house of God. Enjoy the spiritual spiritual provisions of it and have fellowship with Christ and his people here and at last enter and dwell into the city which has many foundations which we all know is heaven but I tell you what um thank you brother Larry for sharing that this week because it really ministered to me it gave me direction for this year to um to be settled just to be settled. We've been established. The church is established. We've been strengthened. Each and every one of you are growing, but let's get firm and planted and settled so that we can grow and go. Amen. That's great. Tell everyone that text. What was that? I want to know. What did you, the second scripture you read? Oh, that was first. P- oh, the second scripture wasn't, I mean, the second thing I read wasn't a scripture. It was just a Bible Oh, a Bible commentary. thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was so, that was good. <laughs> All right. Give her a hand. prayed this week. I said, we were seeking God this week. We were crying out to God this week. Oh, thank you, Lord. We're going to come back to get in the presence of the Lord and let him do a work and minister. We always honor the word. Just want to teach a little bit from Mark 3. Mark chapter 3. Their scriptures are not going to be on the screen. It's Mark chapter 3. I'm just going to, instead of my normal thing, and I read the whole, all the text, and then I go back at the beginning, then we pick it apart and learn something new. That's good. That's my style. And hopefully that helps you learn and retain. But I just want to read this line upon line and talk about it, line upon line and talk about it, Mark 3, 1, and he entered the synagogue again, again, there's not one word in the Bible that is unnecessary, and he entered the synagogue again, whoa, you guys are fast, (laughs) back there in the sound I made a a clerical error, and they've already fixed it. And he entered the synagogue again. I would be done in life if he didn't come a second time and a third time. This synagogue was hostile. It was contrary to him. In fact, they were there waiting to accuse him. That's why they were there. And he walked in and said, this is my house. It's called a house of prayer. I'm the one who... Who, who built it, and he went again. I'm going to tell you, he comes again in your life. You may have experienced him 10 years ago so powerfully, so purely, and it is true and right. Just because it is faded, do not think that it is true. It's been 12 going on 13 years since the day I got married. I don't feel the same emotions that day, but it is as true and wonderful and pure and godly as it was the day I got married. Amen? And so it is with Jesus. And he comes to you again. I'm going to tell you, I thank God in my life, in my weakness, 
in my sin. That he didn't just come and save me as a boy. That he didn't just pull me and call me as a teenager. That he didn't just revive me and direct me as a young man. That he didn't just once or twice, again and again and again he comes. Some of you need to hear that. Like, where are you, Lord? Heaven seems silent and my prayers hit the ceiling. He'll come again. I'm going to say again. His presence is not limited. And a man was there who had a withered hand. A man was there who had a withered hand. I want you to look around. These are good looking people all dressed up. Look around. I'm going to tell you about myself and everyone else in here. There's an area of our life that we just don't like and it's just not working well. Is this true? We have four wonderful children. We are struggling with our six-year-old girl. She gets so upset all the time. We can't hardly talk to her. She's so emotional. She just cries out. There's just always an area in your life that's like this. Right? You don't have to be so quiet. It's all right. I don't mean that. And a man was there with a withered hand. First of all, I want you to know that you need to be here with a withered hand. You're welcomed here. You're loved here. God loved me while I was yet still a sinner. Christ died for me. Amen. Is that what the word says? While we were yet still sinners, he died for us. With that ugly, withered, non-working hand. He comes again and he knows you got struggles and you got problems. That's all right. He that began a good work is going to finish it. There's wounded people all around us. There's times of dryness and frustration and doubt and fear and fatigue. Relationship upheaval, marriage upheaval, financial upheaval, physical upheaval. And just, this is the way it is sometimes in life, right? We don't know if his hand was always like that. Could have been born like that, the Bible doesn't say. Could have been an injury. This was an industrial area, working with their hands. Could have severed, 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 severed ligaments and it just didn't work anymore. Verse 2. So they watched him closely, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath so they might accuse him. And he said to the man, who had the withered hand, step forward. Step forward. Didn't say I was going to heal you. He didn't know what he was going to do. He may not have even known Jesus. We don't know. He may not have even known him. But Jesus speaks to him two words, to obey. And he's going to have a life change if he'll obey. Two words. I've said this so often. Oh, obey the whispers of the Holy Spirit. Oh, obey the word of God. It has changed my life. And if I have had not obeyed in an area where he leaned on me, said, do this or don't do this or go there, it would have changed the outcome. And if you have regret in that, don't worry. He comes again. All he says is, I want you to step forward and step forward. That's it. You just have to obey my word. That's the only instruction he gives him so far. So he has something to do before any other word of Christ comes out of his mouth, right? 
No other word is coming until he obeys and says, okay. Let's keep reading. Verse 4. Then he said to them, Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save or to kill? But they kept silent. Verse 5. And when he had looked out, and we had looked around at the people with anger, being grieved by the hardness of their hearts, he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. Stretch out your hand. And I'm going to tell you, if I was that guy, that's not what I would be wanting to do. Let me just show you my poor, pathetic, non-working mess that I'm dealing with. Let me just stick it right out here in the middle of church. Where are they? They're in church, right? Let me show you the mess. That's what he had to do. He said, God, he, he, when Jesus spoke to him, he had to decide if he was going to show everyone the embarrassment of life. This is so true in our lives. I can do this in no other way except lead by example. Last Saturday, right before we started prayer and fasting, I was watching Star Trek. I'm a bit of a nerd. It's all right. I was always a nerd. Y'all just didn't know it. And I was watching. I didn't know some of those characters. I'm like, I don't, who is that? So I was like, you know, who's the cast of Star Trek? So I'm looking at him like, okay, I don't know who that is. And I'm like, I don't know who that is. That's a Vulcan. And one of them said actress model. I said, okay. And I slid my thumb down, and there was pictures of a model modeling. Bikini, this, that. I could have took my thumb off, but I slid it down again. I thought. And I heard a noise, because there's a noise every five seconds in my house, and I thought, oh, Stephen, what did you do? God, forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. It's Saturday. I'm getting ready to preach a sermon, and we're starting a week of prayer and fasting. I'm sitting there flipping my phone. I don't have a hidden life. I don't live two lives, but I messed up. Now, I came to the Lord. I said, Lord, I'm sorry I messed up. I'm sorry. That was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. Laying in bed that night, my very discerning wife, out of the blue, how are you doing, Stephen? You struggling with any issues or lust? And I just bit my tongue, hating to tell her, didn't want to say anything. I said, no, I'm good. That was a miserable 24 hours. In me, ah, ah. The Lord loves me, and he won't let me go. He's not going to let that slide. One, because I'm a spiritual leader, and there is consequences, and he, I got I to gotta hold the bar. And the Lord pushed me and pushed me. I had a horrible headache on, on Monday night, and I said, okay. I woke up Tuesday. I said, we're going to talk. Got my wife, I said, babe. I said, I'm sorry. I lied to you. 
see when that sin came in my heart. I, I felt my spiritual vitality just... My spiritual discernment, my joy, everything just... Oh, and it, I just let it stay there, day and a half. And I can tell you no other way to get free if you want to be healed and whole and free. If you want to be a free Christian, when God says, stretch it out, just stretch it out there. And I'm telling you, I sit there, I said, babe, I'm sorry. She's a godly wife. She said, I forgive you. Let's pray. And the moment it came out of my mouth and I said, I was wrong. The Bible says, confess your sin one to another, right? Pray for one another. And we did that. The moment that happened, the, I felt, I felt it. It's, I, it just whoosh. And I felt the freedom of the Lord, just like that man. Just, he said, stretch it out. And what does the Bible say? Stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out as he was stretching it out, as he was transparent before God, before the church, before everybody. He stretched it out. And his hand was restored as whole as the other. Like you didn't even know it happened. You could not even tell that that sin had happened because he removes them as far as the east is from the west and your sin I remember no more. Amen? This is the God we serve. This is what it means to be forgiven and free of sin. And I'm going to tell you there is no other way except transparency. I implore you. I'm committed to it in my life, in my marriage, in ministry, and we're in this church. Look, we're just real people. We're going to serve the Lord. We're going to mess up. This is who we are. We're not going to fake it. We're not going to do any of that. We're going to serve Jesus. We mess up. We're going to own up to it. And God's going to say, thank you for owning up to it. Come on, my blood covers you. Get up and go, son. Come on. And it was restored as whole as the other. You couldn't even tell that person had been abused. You couldn't even tell they had been an alcoholic. You couldn't even tell they were in addiction for years. You couldn't even tell that marriage almost didn't make it. You couldn't even tell the life they grew up in. You couldn't even tell because Jesus had touched them. Amen? Come on. Amen. And amen. That's it. Stand up. My lovely assistant is going to bring me one of our household items. Come on, stand up. All right. Megan and I are known far and wide for our gardening skills. <laughs> we are. We can kill a plant like it's nobody's business. <laughs> I wish I could blame it on the kids. I can't. We got plants when we, were, when we first got married and would plant them. Oh, we're going to make this beautiful garden in and front and whatever. We would kill everything. How do you kill something in Louisiana? Everything grows here. You can't stop things from growing. They grow out of bricks here. This is, it was a beautiful, flourishing aloe vera plant. Now, some of this is the dog. Some of this is our kid, are our kids. This poor guy. I don't, only Jesus can fix this. I don't, I don't know. There's other ones in there. I'm afraid to show them to you. 
We get like this in life. Sin does this to us. Sometimes it's not sin. This world is fallen and sinful. Therefore, it pulls on you and pushes on you like a storm constant. It pulls nutrients, spiritually, physical. That's why you have to sleep every day. This is what happens in our lives. We just are going through it. And we're trying and we're struggling. And we look up and like, I feel like this. Now, this plant's not dead. In fact, I can't hurt it much more. If I break this off, there are still healthy nutrients in that aloe vera plant. It looks unhealthy, and it is, but it is by no means dead. It just needs some work. I tell you, the Holy Spirit wants to work in you. He, he's been working in me. Dryness he removed this week. Difficulty, as I shared, he removed out of my heart and mind. And he, not faking it or adding, he, he, he really touched my heart and just pulled out issues and problems and any frustrations or anger against anyone and he filled me with his presence and he wants to do the same thing for you thank you lord i tell you i don't know about you but i believe we're gonna have a great year come on we're gonna have a great year he comes again he doesn't leave us or forsake us i mean, he's a god who heals we're serving the king we're doing king to business here come on god's a great god let's pray as we close if you still need prayer or need anything, we'll be up here. we got children's ministry and everything. Let's pray. Oh, God, thank you. Lord, thank you so much, God, for your faithfulness, for your goodness, for your redemption, for the mercies that are new every morning in my life and in theirs, in ours, Lord. Thank you, God. We wholly commit to you. We freely give our lives, time, talent, and resources to you. It's yours, God. Have your way with us, Lord. Oh, God, that we could be used by you. Thank you for wholeness and healing. There are family members that are not here for you, that are not here, family members that are lost, and you start praying that God's going to stretch out, that God's going to do a miracle in their life. Stretch it out, Lord. Wholeness and healing in every part of their family. It's a part of your body because it's an extension of you, your children or grandchildren. And you pray that your body, your lineage and your family line and your last name will be whole from the top of the head to the bottom of the feet. In every part. There won't be a, a family member out here not serving the Lord all crippled up. Lord, you, you pray that this year and God's going to do a miracle. Lord, we thank you for that, that you're doing that in our lives. We're going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We love you. We praise you. We ask all of this and we thank you for all of this in the powerful, mighty name of Jesus, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And everyone said, amen. amen. Now give him praise in his house, in his house. God bless you. Have a great day.